Tēnā koutou i tēnei ahi ahi. These are your Radio 1 te reo itarangi kōtahi news headlines for Thursday the 18th of March. Ko Quinton tēnei. Public submissions for the inquiry into student accommodation were heard yesterday by the Education and Workforce Select Committee at New Zealand Parliament. This inquiry comes in the wake of the death of University of Canterbury student Mason Pendrus in 2020, and also after criticisms surrounding the response of university halls to the COVID-19 lockdown in March last year. There was a wide variety of submitters, including university students, students associations, universities themselves, and representatives for privately owned colleges. General themes of the submissions included the lack of consistency of pastoral care and inconsistent responses to the COVID-19 pandemic, largely relating to the disparity in fee reduction across varying halls. Universities New Zealand representative Chris Whelan spoke to the Education and Workforce Committee about this and outlined the plans that Universities New Zealand has to deal with this in the future. He also spoke about their plans to streamline the ways that halls are run before the government has completed its inquiry. Uh, and a new committee called the Committee for University Student Pastoral Care, or CUSPAC, has been established. Uh, so we can actually bring together our providers and our students. Uh, our work program has a, a, a significant focus on accommodation this year, and in fact, student voice. Uh, and um, the recommendations that CUSPAC will be taking forward this year uh, will be noting the variety of accommodation that we have and services that are provided within them, standardising whatever we can around our contracts uh, and our house rules and our handbooks. Similarly, uh, we have agreement that we're looking and going to look at things like best practice guidelines around things like the ratio of live-in staff to RAs to students, provision of counselling, mental health support services, and uh, the monitoring of student welfare in different types of halls, how we kind of balance you know, the fact that we want healthy and safe accommodation uh, with the fact that our students have an expectation around privacy and independence. Mr Whelan also noted that over 90% of beds in student accommodation in New Zealand are now signed on so that they have the pastoral care code entrenched in their operations. Selwyn College was also named by a parent of a student who went there who criticised their response to the pandemic, wherein they charged students for accommodation rather than claiming the wage subsidy. It is not right that the students were charged when the college had applied for the wage subsidy and paid their staff 100% throughout lockdown. It is not right that my daughter received no phone call or communication from the staff throughout lockdown to check on her well-being or mental health or how she was coping with coursework and our family had no communication from them to check on our daughter or how we were or if we were experiencing hardship as a family. It is not right that Selwyn College gave back the wage subsidy in April because they could not show a 30% loss of revenue and charge the students, minus a small rebate, their accommodation costs. It is definitely not fair that students who had worked extremely hard to obtain scholarships lost 100% of their in their accommodation costs. What would be fair is that Selwyn College give the money back to students. Selwyn College was approached for comment but did not get back to Radio 1 in time. The concept of student representation in the governance of these halls was also brought up on multiple occasions by members of the committee. This was met with mixed reactions, with the Vice-Chancellor of the Auckland University of Technology, Derek McCormick, speaking out against this suggestion. Do you have a view on whether you think it would be useful for students to be involved um, with the accommodation provider at, at, at um, some, some sort of governance or representation 
level. Do you think that would, would be a, a helpful thing? Not really. I think student voice is one thing. Student governance, uh, participation in governance is another. What I'm saying is that for those short-term things that you're talking about, the real-time um, experiences, that there can be other ways that aren't necessarily involved in the governance of the organisation. However, Vice President of the University of Otago Pacific Island Students Association, Joshua Elifosio Pei, noted that it seems backwards for halls to not want student feedback on the way that they operate when their entire existence is to cater for students. One, you know, like it doesn't make sense that if you're making a com, if you're providing a service for student accommodation, that you therefore wouldn't have the customers at the table if we're trying to aim for like a customer centered approach to student accommodations. When discussing procedures for reporting incidents in residential accommodation, Joshua Elifosio Pei noted that incidents of racism often get internalized because they aren't followed up or people don't know where to report them. Member of Parliament Chloe Swarbrick pointed out that students can make reports to NZQA, however this has never been done by a student since the procedure was put in place. Azaria Howell, a student at a Victoria University college, made similar comments on topics of homophobia and sexism. I also dealt with a lot of issues from other residents of the hall, such as homophobia and sexism, and when I presented these concerns to my RA and to my head of hall, they swept it under the rug and told me that um, I could move out. Submissions to the Education and Workforce Committee will be continuing into the coming weeks. Last week, Victoria University of Wellington accidentally deleted all the data stored on its desktop computers. Data that was backed up to the cloud, or stored on the H or M network drives, was however retained. University staff and postgraduate students received an email on Wednesday morning informing them that the university was working on a method to recover the lost data. One master's student, spoken to by critic Tiaruhi, was concerned that they'd lost their entire thesis, that they're only three weeks out from handing in, but they found, thankfully, that it was only their desktop that was lost. It did mean, however, that they had to re-download large amounts of program information again. She also said that she'd heard of some PhD students who'd lost of up to a year's worth of data that was stored on their desktops. Victoria University said that if any students had suffered major disrupts or losses, that they were able to have their data recovery priority escalated. The data wipe was intended to remove data on the servers belonging to students who no longer attended the university, but a mistake was made that removed all the desktop data. If you're interested in this story, check out the piece by Critic Tiaruhi on their website. Two people were arrested on St. Patrick's Day in North Dunedin after an incident involving a smashed letterbox, bottling, dangerous driving, and drink driving. The incident involving a 21-year-old woman, a 19-year-old man, and a 26-year-old man occurred after they unsuccessfully tried to join a flat party on Dundas Street. The trio then drove to a large party on Butts Road, where the two men were arrested. Two further people were given formal warnings at the party on Butts Road, but no more arrests were made. It's been pretty good, eh? Like, people are pretty good drunk, but there's been no drama. Yeah, I found my mates, and now I'm just having the best time of my life. Oh, fair Honestly, enough. Honestly, here is where it's at. It, it's really about just making friends and having a good f-ing time. Yeah, yeah. Making friends, having a good time, that's all it's about. Police had geared up for the day, which they deemed worse than New Year's in terms of drunkenness, noting the fact that students start drinking particularly early in celebration of the Irish holiday. 
Police thanked students for letting them know where parties were planned so that they could take an engage and educate response to these parties to ensure a safe St. Patrick's Day, saying that if the party gets out of control and beyond the capacity holding it, we'll shut it down. But we work with the people who do register to make sure that it is a safe party. Police also commented on the fact that students appeared to be moving back to glass bottles as opposed to cans as their preferred vessel for drinks, citing the fact that drinks and bottles often contain more alcohol per serving. They acknowledged that this created issues with broken glass. That was glass, the news saying, saying Radio quote, One, the broken glass FM. thing is chronic. And now, don't the smash glass. The Radio One ninety one FM weather. Today has a forecast high of 18 degrees and a low of 10 degrees. It's going to be fine with light winds and the sun will be setting at 7.55pm. It's OUSA Flatting Week and this is the Radio 1 Flat Tour featuring one of North Dunedin's hidden gems every weekday right here on the Radio 1 News. This week is OUSA's Flatting Week and I had the privilege of talking to members of a flat in North Dunedin who recently discovered an additional room on their flat. We had to get some renovations done to the house to meet the new housing standards, apparently. And one morning the builders just came through and were like, hey, did you know you have another room? So we were like, nope, we don't. Um, So no, we didn't know about the room. Two of us quickly went over because it's through the neighbor's fence. It's not even through our side of the backyard. And it turns out there's a room that obviously used to be a kitchen many, many years ago. Looks like it used to have a coal range in it. It's pieces of the floor, the wall missing. Um, a really old school bell looking thing. Oh, it was a fire alarm. It was so sick. I'll show you a picture. Yeah, so there was an old fire alarm, like the ones with the two bells. And like a really old copper water heater. Water heater. The cold, windowless room is believed to be an old kitchen and is located behind their current one. This is because the flat used to be two flats that have now been combined into one, hence the second kitchen that they discovered. The flatmates haven't yet decided what to do with the room, but are making big plans for their newfound space. I reckon the room could be used for hiding fugitives, or like illegal immigrants. Yeah, or maybe I'll get my 16-year-old brother to come down and live um, for $20 a week. That'll pay for like some food. So we also want to make it a grow room, but no one has the money for the UV lights. So that one's kind of off the table now. And maybe just like if we want an escape from our everyday life, we can just like lock ourselves up in the room. Yeah, no sensory deprivation tank. <laughs> to find out more about how to live your best flatting life, head over to the OUSA Flatting Week Facebook page.